Hi, I'm Garrett, and welcome to The Conversation. I think conversation is one of the most important tools we have for building and maintaining genuine relationships. In the age of the internet and social media, the conversation is a dying art. While we're technically more connected than ever, it seems more difficult than ever to engage with alternative perspectives in a meaningful way. We talk past each other and speak totally different languages without even knowing it. This show is my attempt at working on that problem. I'm trying to learn how to have meaningful conversation and practice what I learn. It's partly an experiment. Maybe if I start having more difficult conversations, I can get better at it. Maybe we can all get better at it. I don't know how this experiment's going to turn out, but hey, this could be interesting. Okay, so I know about yourself. Tell me about yourself as if I didn't... Or no, just, I don't know, say, say something about our relationship. Why do I know you? Why do you know me? Well, uh, I had a, a measly little podcast long ago. <laughs> I probably, over 10 years ago, I started that podcast, I would guess. Um, it was called The Ceiling Fan, and it's a weird thing because um, I, I, in college, I studied broadcast production. I'm going to go way back. I was born in a small town and, uh, no, I'll, I'll go back to college and say I studied <laughs> broadcast production and, uh, and I ended up landing an intern at Focus on the Family and, uh, the, the, the makers of Adventures in Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Chris. And, the, uh, and while there, uh, you know, I always enjoyed the, the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey. And, uh, while there I became friends with uh, several people who worked for Odyssey, which was neat because, you know, I'm like running into uh, Nathan Hubler and Marshall Younger and and people who I've I heard Chris mention at the end of episodes. And um, and so I, I kind of became familiar, though, with like the Adventures in Odyssey online like fans, you know, fan club, the, the community, some might say, um, and and heard a few podcasts that were being done in that kind of world, which is now is pretty normal. Like, everybody, every 20-something-year-old uh, yeah. white guy has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Only white guys, though. Um, and, and so any fan club or whatever has a million podcasts. You know, Survivor, I'm sure, has like 400 podcasts dedicated <laughs> to the show. Um, uh, is or, that still a show? I don't know. But I uh, bet it I, still I, has podcasts dedicated to it. <laughs> or uh, The Bachelor. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so this was that, but like pretty early on, because I feel like uh, Adventures in Odyssey, because it was a radio drama, uh, had kind of this propensity towards, you know, its fans being interested in podcasting, or at least I did because I was I liked Adventures. Yeah. Well, Odyssey. I mean, the premise of Odyssey is was was the whole audio right. Yeah, thing. And like so it was, I, it was already kind of weird if you that you liked Odyssey because like, well, what, you like a thing that you listen to. Nobody That's listens weird. to stuff. People don't use your ears anymore. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, so this, you know, at the time, I was probably more embarrassed to talk about having a podcast back then, uh, because I'd have to explain what a podcast was, and um, and so I started. I had a podcast that was kind of a fan podcast, but it was it was so niche because it was like a parody of fan podcasts of Adventures in Odyssey. And uh, and it kind of turned into a bit of a radio drama in and of itself. 
but like a, a parody of radio drama. And uh, and you is so niche. You had it's heard so, it. That that was why it was so cool. Yeah, it really because if you knew about it, it you was like, ex- you were like sixteen or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if I was that old when I yeah when I first reached out to you. So uh, so you reached out and and um, I told you, you, Kevin, I like your show, but I don't like your your very inappropriate music video with swearing in it. Oh, is, that is what you said. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah. Because I had a, uh, I, I had done. You know, you, when you're, when you're young and you don't know what you're gonna do with your life, you just kind of make stuff and throw it out there. And I'd done a few parody songs, and one of them was this song, "Sexy Chick." I had done a parody of called "Gotta Piss," I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, and and so it was up there on the internet. Uh, and, and honestly, looking back, I think that was one of your best songs. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't the production think value was pretty was pretty high too. It's probably not on the internet. I mean, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Mm. But see, uh, th- this is this is what I one of the th- reasons I look back and I feel like I-, I knew we were gonna be friends. I knew it was a real friendship because you sacrificed that video, which had like thirty thousand views or something on it. <laughs> To get me to come and be part of your podcast, or at least to like, <laughs> maybe it was because I was like Christian guilting you into it or something. I don't know, but I, I always looked at it. I was like, wow, even though, even though this is obviously not a big deal, Kevin did this because he wanted to be friends. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably to a degree true because you wouldn't have been the first person to have a problem with something I'd said on the internet. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> infamous uh, me saying the word prick. On the ceiling fan. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> did had, you go back and edit that episode out? I did edit that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't, uh, I was so homeschooled, I didn't know what it meant. I just had heard it in movies, <laughs> and I was like, I thought it was just, you know, like, jerk or whatever. Um, well, so, I mean, what's jerk mean? It, it, it actually comes from, <laughs> if you'd like to know, it comes from uh, the soda parlor uh, workers were called soda jerks because they had to pull... And jerk the uh, okay. The thing All right. Back. So, so I, it, it actually isn't a bad thing, as you would assume today. <laughs> uh, it feels like a bad word, but so if you're like, oh, you're now. some jerk. It just means you're you're some minimum wage yeah. soda parlor worker. Which brings us back to Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> there you go. Good uh, segue. And and so I I you came along, and and there was a few people who had kind of reached out because it was just it was just a you know just a fun little podcast and uh we all worked really hard to make like this thing that was for yeah. like i don't know like 300 people listen to that show it wasn't yeah. it wasn't huge but I, I feel like there was a dedicated fan base and it was a lot of fun and we honed our skills you brought i mean i was listening to cuz we ended up making we did this like kind of uh like the story arc or McK- yeah. Oh, yeah. We did a story arc where uh, we we went on this band tour, like the main character, Ethan Daniels, went on a, a band tour, and uh, and we did songs. And so you basically put together a whole album for this podcast. Uh, and I don't know. I was listening back, and and I remember kind of we were learning together how yeah. digital music making works. You know? It's like I th- I think literally the reason I and like I mean I was fooling around with with random stuff on Dawes before that but I hadn't I, I don't know if I would ha- it would have become a a job for me a career unless you had pushed me to make that album yeah with you did I push like, you 
print too hard, you think? <laughs> You're like Elon Musk's dad to we me. We need just this. Like, you abused me into it, and, and <laughs> now I'm so successful. And now, and look at you now. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, um, but I do look back at that, and I'm like, man, I, I, I probably did. Like, I mean, it's not like any of you guys were getting paid. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, but it's no, I no, wasn't I, either. I look at that at that situation with nothing but fond memories. Okay, memories good. Like that, 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 I, I really like. I, like I said, like I, I love doing what I do now, and I don't think I would be doing it if it wasn't for you. Good, good. <laughs> Finally, good. At least I influenced somebody in a positive way. <laughs> I mean. You know, it's so funny because now I have a, um, uh, so that's how we know each other. Now I have a YouTube channel where I make fun of Christians, which is always what I always did, but I just broadened my audience to just Christian movies in general and not just some crazy niche thing. Not just making fun of Christians who like Adventures in Odyssey and who are homeschooled enough to be, to need to find an internet community. I'm still making fun of a niche group of people who the only people who know about that media are the people who like the group. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I'm still shooting myself in the foot very, uh, on a regular basis. But, and then on top of that, uh, I have a tendency to, you know, like politically be very different from people who want to watch videos that are making fun of Christians. Uh, because right. I, I tend to be very, usually like, it's people middle who are of like the road. super, super bitter. So like, it, a lot of like atheists and stuff will watch my videos and like, oh, I like it. And then I'll say something about how the government shouldn't exist. And then they're like, I hate right. you now. And, uh, <laughs> so I just am constantly destroying my uh, fan base. It's great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I, I honestly, it's like you're, it, it lets me know that you're not falling prey to the temptation to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would. If I knew how, I would do it in a heartbeat. I want to sell out, but uh, I just don't know how. There's too Somebody's many bad Christian movies out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I review non-Christian movies from time to time. Um, I want to review the Snyder Cut uh, because I tend to, like, yeah, I've reviewed about? several. But, like, I can't do a full review of that four-hour-long movie. Too yeah, long. That's- can't do it's, it. it's gonna be four. Okay, so that that's the difference is that it's just a longer version of the movie that was already boring. Uh no, I mean it's very different. Um, it's like sixty percent new, or like like r- they got rid of a lot of Snyder's vision for the the final mm-hmm, okay. version. So I mean, it's worth watching if you like DC stuff and and you enjoy. Um, I haven't even gone back and watched i watched the batman movies yet that's that's how yeah. i think i am with dc yeah I, it, I i need to give them a, a, an honest watch i i think that it's probably one of snyder's better movies but it's long and and it feels like there's a lot in it that they would have cut out for theaters had it been released you know just regularly it wouldn't have been four hours long and you can kind of feel that it shouldn't be this long so, uh, it's, it's better than, than I think the original cut that came out, uh, especially in terms of like, they re kind of digitally relit for the, the original cut, the, um, jo- Joss Whedon cut. And you, it looks really bad. Like it looks very cartoony. And in this, it looks the way it was shot. Like it was clearly shot to look the way that it's kind of colored in this. So, uh, that's my review. 
So now I don't have to make the video. <laughs> you already, we finished the review. There yeah. you go. Uh, I was going to like ask. I, I feel like I already know the answer, but like, you've, yeah, you've been doing the, the movie critic thing for a while and making fun of movies, but that hasn't taken away your ability to like appreciate a good movie. Because I, I feel like sometimes if you get in that headspace of just tearing things apart all the time, it, it starts to like, you stop being able to, to mm. suspend your, is it suspend your disbelief? Suspend disbelief, yeah. 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 Well, I, I think for me, I always was that way. You know, a lot of the projects that I've worked on that I've done on my own, because, you know, I work on, like you said, maybe you didn't say until we, after we started, maybe you said earlier before we started recording, <laughs> but I haven't, I do work for other people oftentimes, you know, my, so like, that's why I don't sell out is because to me, all of the projects that I do on my own, whether I make money doing them or not, that's my outlet. Like, that's where I get to, like, be who I am. And so a lot of the projects I've done are just things I was already doing. Uh, you know, whether it's, it's like, I did the inner tube for, like, five years. That was a podcast where I talked about content creation. Well, that's just something I love to talk about. And so it's kind of like, well, let's record what we're doing, and that'll make it better. Uh, that, that, then we can, we can actually like make content for people. And, uh, and, and I think the movie reviews are very much that I, I've always felt that any, I, I remember like, uh, no, it, it, this wasn't when this wasn't near your wedding. It was some of I, I think it was just, you happened to be coming, passing through North Carolina where I was at the time. Oh yeah. And so I just hung out at your house for a few days and, and it, I saw the inner workings or like the, I saw the childhood of Kevin in like, oh, Mystery science theater. This has always been a part of yeah of the way your mind work and the way. You <laughs> yeah. Well, and and what's interesting about Sega Night Kevin is I did the first episode of my movie reviews with the mentality of I've always wanted to make a mystery science theater episode, and I and may this this could be terrible or it could be fun, but let's just see what happens. And, uh, and so there is always an element of, like, just quips and, and jokes within my reviews. But then there's also kind of, I've always felt that, like, you can, any movie you can learn something from, even if it's how not to make a movie. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of, I've carried that over into my reviews, where I'll watch a movie, and I, I think as an editor, I get this kind of bird's eye view of things where I, I can see the story and I can break down, well, here's where it, it kind of fell apart. And um, and Christian movies have just been kind of the the realm where that has, I've gotten more kind of, maybe I've, I've tapped into a niche that, you know, where I am a Christian who is reviewing Christian movies. That's unique because most people, most Christians reviewing Christian movies are like reviewing it based on family friendliness. Um, you know, they're like, well, there are 25 F words in this movie and I don't care about that. Like that doesn't concern me in the least. I know, uh, a young Garrett Vandenberg would be concerned about that sort of thing, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, by the way, this is not, this is not a Christian podcast. Oh, good. It's just Christians so, so you, in a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I, to me, reviewing movies it's it's just fun to be able to kind of watch a movie and then here's my takeaway from this. I always have an opinion, but it's nice to turn on the camera and then like share that opinion. Uh, and so that's what I do now. <laughs> I was I was listening to your 
conversation you had with Phil Vischer earlier today. Oh, yeah. And that was awesome that you got that opportunity in the first yeah. place. But. Well, it, it's a, the, the behind, here's the behind the scenes. Uh, a really great guy. Um, can't remember his name. Uh, but he's like a promoter guy. Uh, I should look him up. Uh, but, you know, I, I'll look him up while I talk. Uh, I won't be able to do this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, find the guy or I not. met this guy, um, you know, since I work kind of in media, uh, I did some work for a, a website called christiancinema.com and did some, like, you know, hosting stuff to where they would always... Any, if you're a Christian outlet or whatever, you get invites to these premieres. And typically, you know, or if you're a pastor, um, you get like invites to movie premieres all the time, to Christian movie premieres. And so this, this the Christian cinema, I became friends with the guy who started it. I'm, I'm going way back here for you. Uh, <laughs> I became friends with the guy who started it because he liked my reviews. And he was like, hey, would you, do you want to make videos with us? And I was like, sure, that sounds like fun. He's like, well, we get these invites to these Christian movies all the time, uh, and, and we have nobody to send. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I ended up, for a while there, I was going to a lot of, like, Christian movie premieres and just doing red carpet interviews. like, like a interviews great time. It, it was fun. Like, I, I wouldn't— uh, Okay. I wouldn't I was make, thinking— you had to go and sit there and, and watch all the movies. But if you just get well, to meet people, Well, that's and I did. I did. But I I wouldn't... I don't hate watching these movies. Like I said, there's something to learn. Uh, some of them are, like, insanely boring. And, and the ones I hate the most are the ones that are, like, boring and the same. And it's just like, oh, this is tiring and I'm, I'm tired. The best ones are the ones that are like so bad they're good. Exactly. Or yeah. they're like they're like <laughs> surprisingly good. I'm like, wow, this is this is this is what everybody should be doing. This is what I've been saying since this whole thing got started. So like, anyway, what? Do I, oh, Phil Vischer. Yeah. So I met this guy. All of that to say, I met this guy, uh, who I, I just I was inclined just now by pause to look him up again. Um, <laughs> I remembered part of his name. Matthew Faraki is his name. All right. Shout out to Matthew. Shout out to old Matty boy. Best buddy, <laughs> Matt. Uh, he is a promoter type guy, and he has connected me with a lot of people who are making content. And so here's, the, here's what I'm getting at. With Phil Vischer, I, had, I have never met the guy. I've seen the guy. I've been in the same room as him before, but I didn't meet him. He doesn't know who I am. So that's the hardest interview with my Sega Night Kevin podcast is when you're connected with someone. And then <laughs> and they're like, okay, you'll be calling this person at 543. You will answer the phone. You know, you're given a list of instructions and yeah. stuff. So if you compare that interview with, say, my interview with Alex Kendrick, which was actually right. a completely organic right. uh, friendship and, that grew. Yeah. Um basically Alex is like, ask me whatever you want. I'm an open book. And I'm like, let's go. And that was super fun and really cool. I think if I knew Phil Vischer, he would be that way. But obviously I didn't. Yeah. So it was like a, well, so I, if I you called the talk number to and now, this lady answered the phone and she's like, okay, you are on with Phil in four, three, two, go. And, and <laughs> I remember they had, uh, they sent an email and they were like, "How long will it be?" And I was like, "Like an hour." And they're like, "Can, can uh, he can do thirty minutes?" And it was like negotiating the time. 
And so yeah. in that interview, there is like a, you can hear me saying like, all right, well, uh, you know, I like, I wrap it up probably quicker than, than I would have liked and probably right. the audience would have liked. Uh, but he was really nice and it was cool to, I was, I feel like I was able to, uh, and you could tell me cause you just heard it. Um, I was able to kind of set him up with understanding where I was coming from, uh, to where he was able to kind of share, um, for yeah, my audience. I was his surprised, I guess, to hear, I guess not that surprised. I, I've been listening to his podcast a little bit too, mm -hmm. which is, is quite interesting to hear his kind of perspective on things and where he's gone. But hearing yeah, that that VeggieTales was so inspired by like Ren and Snimpy, I thought it was yeah. awesome. But it, it just made me think about, okay, he, he was pointing to a problem that I think still kind of exists in the church to some extent. It, it depends. I mean, you, you look at, we've got two different extreme versions of the church at this point, but like there was a problem of like churches not being able to, to not take themselves seriously. Too many knots there, but I think you yeah. get what I'm saying. It was a quadruple and, and, negative. <laughs> <laughs> but like because okay and this is something I, i've noticed i was reading a book with with some of my friends lately oh reading <laughs> 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 and well it's it's it seemed to kind of hit the same concept it's like you're not really willing to take somebody seriously who's not willing to not take themselves seriously mm. there's my quintuple wow. negative that was great that was like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care but like more in my world. I don't know half yeah. half as many of you in, twice as well in the as comedy like world. <laughs> but okay, I'll, I'll tell you the the book I was reading too, which is which is a it's a classic. It's uh it's called Don Quixote. Oh about a, yes, it's not about a donkey. Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, not the name of the book, but that's okay. I, I I think that the problem that that author was trying to like address at his time was just like. At that point, everybody was kind of over religion, I, I, or at least it, it was on its way out. People were kind of becoming disenchanted with with the, with the Dark Ages. We were getting to realism and realizing, like, okay, we can get a lot further with science than we can with this silly religion stuff. Yeah, and and I think it was it was kind sort of, of the kind same of a, problem. A reactionary of, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and so, but but Cervantes, who's, who's writing this, I, the, at least the way I'm reading this book, anyways, I, I'm seeing it as like, okay, he sort of redeems that. Uh, idealist hero type. So, so Don Quixote is this guy who, in a world full of people who are basically naturalist realists, oh, kind of post post religious people, he's you know taking up arms and being a knight errant and like playing his part in in the cosmic story of of, of Christendom. And because the whole thing is like a comedy, making fun, like constantly he's just running around making mistakes and being an idiot. Mm -hmm. Because he's like he's he has such a high, a high perspective on how everything is supposed to be, he ends up making all these mistakes. But then he, he's such an idealist. Yeah, he's such an idealist yeah. that, that he yeah. And then in that, you know, the story is about him just kind of being a, almost a, a klutz of, of of and just like making all these you know wait, reading too much meaning into everything. Mm. But then in the end, it sort of redeems the character, and it's like you're you're willing to take that story seriously. Are you willing to take the redemption seriously because he doesn't present the hero character as if he's flawless? Oh, or he doesn't... Yeah. So it's like... I don't know. I, I was seeing kind of a parallel there between <laughs> between what Phil was doing and what, you know, what, what this old 17th century author was doing. And it's like, I feel like that's... 
sort of the critique that you can give a lot of, of, of Christian movies and Christian content in general is just you're so taking your message so seriously mm-hmm. that people aren't willing to take you seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I mean, just as somebody who's spent so much time watching Christian movies, that's probably the key issue with these movies is just the uh, just the uh, everybody's got to stick up their butt, you know, nobody's willing to have any levity in these ultra serious situations. Um, I mean, it's one thing that I appreciate actually about the most recent Kendrick brothers movie, um, whatever it's called. Uh, what's it called? Break. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Overcomer. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> stupid. Um, th- every scene essentially ends with some kind of joke. Like, not a, that was a stupid scene kind of joke, like like a, a scary movie sort of uh, type scene. But a a bit of, like, realism, levity within the situation that I actually appreciate. And I think mm. some of the stuff is in the movie. Like, I did a whole review of the movie, and, and I think some of it's just so unbelievable. And there's not a lot of, like, strong character development that was needed in order to kind of offset that. But... Um, you know, I, I genuinely think that it is the humor, not in making fun of the situation, but in sharing what's real, you know, people like me who, when you hear of somebody passing, you, you have to kind of have somebody you can joke with and laugh with about the memories of the person um, you know, that's something that's necessary that I think is, it, it's kind of shallow in Christian movies where, where it's like, well, we better not do that because people will misunderstand where any drama, any good drama that you remember has humor in it. And it's, mm-hmm. it, but it's not humor like Will Ferrell type humor where it's just loud. Uh, <laughs> it's like humor to where somebody's, it's kind of reminiscent and it's, uh, it's, like laughing at life and it's, um, you know, it, that can add a, so much strength to a serious situation. And like you said, kind of give, give people a reason to care, give people a reason yeah. to take you seriously. I, I think that's they probably you the have reason, a handle on my emotions. I feel like that's probably the reason that Rick and Morty works as a mm. show too, because it's, I mean, it's obviously marketed to sort of the modern nihilist type who's yeah. just <laughs> Is is and even like it consistently pokes fun at religion, pokes fun, at, mm-hmm. pokes fun at meaning in general. But then when it when it sneaks in and, and and has Rick crying and contemplating life, or like Morty trying to figure out the the reason for existence, you, you're willing to to take those moments a little bit more seriously. Whenever something, I guess, really, whenever a character has a has a change of heart, whenever something kind of, I guess romantic not mm. not in the lovey-dovey way but romantic yeah. in the sense of like values happens you're willing to take it seriously because you're primed to kind of yeah i don't know to care you, you already you feel or, grounded or to yeah. not yeah 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 because you're like well this show is constantly telling me not to care and now it's saying but maybe <laughs> yeah, why care does about that work there's <laughs> something to yeah, care okay. about oh okay uh yeah i'm into it <laughs> You're look. You're you're finally. Yeah, you're looking for something to care about. I know y- you don't get the sense that they're trying to like hit you over the head with a message because they're not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, where Christian movies, I think, have kind of a um, a hurdle more than any other genre to to a degree to jump over, which is you have a history of being super preachy, and that's fine. But lots of movies are preachy. But can you do this? Um, the reason I'm talking about Christian movies is because I talk about it all the time. But like, uh, because you brought up the Phil Vischer interview. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, I was going to ask you. It was it was interesting to want? talk to him and actually get some realism out of him uh, about about that. Like, so how come VeggieTales works? You know, VeggieTales is very funny and it, and it's interesting um, and and can kind of not. You know, Simpsons is, have made fun of VeggieTales a million times, and yet there is no tweet from Phil Vischer every time Simpsons makes fun of VeggieTales. Like, oh, well, actually, you shouldn't make fun of it because this is the Lord's work or whatever. Like, that type of attitude is what I think makes it so that it's like, okay, yeah, Simpsons makes the joke. That's funny. They're kind of, they kind of have a, could have a similar, um, you know, audience, honestly. Well, I, I, okay, I, I wanted to go somewhere else for a second, but I'm just thinking about this. Like, you notice the, the modern sort of activist idealist type suffers from the same problem of not sure. being willing to be made fun of. And that, I, I think if, if you want to be an activist for something, something's important to you, you could probably get people, again, you could probably get people to take you more seriously if you didn't take yourself quite so seriously. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, even SNL has tried to kind of do that, you know, as, as annoying as SNL can be and as not funny as they can be. Like, they had their, like, woke jeans uh, sketch, you know, and the, the, I know that the argument, because I, I reviewed Unplanned, and that's an abortion movie, and I got a lot of pushback, like, how dare you even make any jokes ever? Uh, and, and I think the same thing happens in, in the modern kind of, like you said, activist realm where you have like, um, you know, well, people are dying. And so how dare you make a joke or whatever? Right. Well, these are the types of things that the average person needs some padding. <laughs> they can't and, and the have thing is, if, hit if over the, the conversation head is, like yeah, if, is, if the conversation is so heavy that, that, you know, as soon as you say something, if you don't say it perfectly right, and if it's not like 100% seriously, 100%, you know, in line with the values or whatever, if you're going to get crucified for mm-hmm. it, you don't, you're not willing to even engage with the topic and and think about it honestly and and ask the real questions that you have. Like, I, I feel like it's, again, there, there's a barrier to entry about talking about anything that serious people want to talk about yeah. because regular people, when they want to talk about it, have questions and they're concerned. <laughs> right, and sometimes exploring and figuring out what you really believe takes humor and comedy. And right. if if you tell people, no, you can't make a joke and you can't explore what you believe about this, you need to just take it for what it is and what I'm telling you. And if you don't, then you're a bigot or you're a racist or you're anti-religion or whatever, like, or you're going to hell. You know, all of those things make people uninterested. Or at least it makes me, I can't speak for everybody else, but I can speak for me. It makes you be uncomfortable. Right. And so that's, that may be, you know, you got to believe that people can grow and uh, you got to believe that people can, sure, you may believe that there's only one way to live life uh, and to, to, to believe, 
a lot of people feel that way, that they believe that their way is the only way. But you have to admit, even if you think that way, which I don't, but I, I you know, like I, I, I think there's lots you of ways to You think you're wrong about everything. I'm not, I, I think I'm pretty much wrong about most things. And, but that being said, people need, um, people need, even if they're going to come to the conclusion you've come to, they're not going to come to it in the same, uh, they're not going to take the same path to come to that conclusion. Uh, whether you're a Christian who's like, you know, the, the, Jesus is the only way. It may, there's many paths to get to Jesus in that regard. Uh, and, and there's many paths to God. Maybe there's many gods. Who knows? <laughs> there's many paths anyways. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then in the same regard, like, you know, if you, there may be people who are kind of ignorant and they grew up believing one way and, and it's going to take time. Uh, and that type and you of got, you got to make them feel if somebody feels comfortable to be wrong, that's the ideal place. For, you don't want to make reward people for being wrong or something. I don't know. If you want to make yeah. people feel comfortable being wrong, so that way they're willing to learn with you. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's 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 go let's try to find something we disagree on, so we can we can good get get Here deeper, get get more interesting. <laughs> well, I. I was going to ask you, this is not going to be that much of a disagreement, okay. but I just wanted to know, what, what do you, like, you're four years into doing the, the, the or is it more years? You're, Probably you're pretty more. De- many years deep into doing Christian reviews and stuff like this. Do you feel like you, you're doing what you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even ask that? <laughs> uh, no, I cry every night. Um... I don't know. Uh, I like, I I mean, you know what? I'm getting a little bit of a, a echo in my ear. So in that regard, I'm not doing uh, what I want to do. Let me see if I can fix that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Okay, okay. Check, check, one. Oh, it's worse. <laughs> well, maybe because I'm louder now. It is weird because, like, it's not like it. I'm picking up your headphones, am I? Turn your headphones off and see what happens. Huh. I'm, I'm pouring, uh, <laughs> check one, two. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Now I can make a decent argument. This will be great for the podcast. I hope you leave all of this in. I should do my stand-up routine. So what's the deal? I'm just drinking the uh, whiskey you gave me for my wedding. (laughs) No, I drank that a long time ago. I'd never had whiskey before, but now I'm an alcoholic. Thanks, Garrett. (laughs) It wasn't you. It was COVID. 
uh, the lockdowns gave <laughs> made me an alcoholic. Um, good. What was the question? Where are we? Oh, I just yeah. I said, what are you doing? What you want to do? Have you, have you figured out like where you're headed? I don't know. I I have this kind of sometimes anxiety doing anything that's artistic and mm. and making that a source of income because I do. I never know how long something I'm doing is going to last, yeah. for one thing. Yeah. But sure. then it's like, I well, don't know. And then you can get locked into a particular project, and what yeah. if you want to do something different? Sure. It's like dating. <laughs> it really is like, uh, I mean, once you're married, then it's all fixed. But then with careers, it's like, well, I'm not ready. Like, this isn't, I. this was always a stepping stone, whatever I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No, I mean, I love doing my... YouTube channel. I wish with all my heart that it was much bigger. You know, it, it's always been that way where I've always consistently grown with my YouTube channel or with, with my work or whatever. It's always like grown, but it's never, I'm like, man, if I was here five years earlier, I would have been great. Like if I was just unmarried, Living in an apartment, a, a studio apartment, making what I'm making now off of my YouTube channel, then that would be great. But I can't live off of my YouTube channel now with a mortgage and a wife and, and four pets, you know? <laughs> and maybe I'm just always getting ahead of myself. Um, but, you know, it's it, maybe you just spend what you make. Um I've been super blessed. And, the, and that's the funny thing. Like, I don't know if that holds me back. If I'm like, well, I'm lucky to be where I'm at. You know, I, I, I've always been able to have that perspective. I've never been like an overnight sensation where I have this huge like burst of subscribers or something. It's always been a slow growth. And, well, th- I, and to some extent, I think that's, that's kind of healthy because when you, when you get, <laughs> whenever you get, an explosion of of uh, like a rocket boost in your status then suddenly it's like it's a lot more it's a, it's actually like a different way of life than you previously yeah. were at well i just watched and, a and, video from that guy 10 second songs i don't know if you've ever heard of him but he he maybe. he got famous doing like it wasn't 10 seconds but he, i think he said in the video that he started off the reason his channel's named that like everybody who got uh, one of those has to explain why their channel's named whatever it's named. Uh, they're like, I'm sorry I named it this. I never should have done it. I I should have changed it years ago, but I was scared. But, like, they... He he did, like, all these different styles. So he did, like, a Linkin Park song in 40 different styles. And he just did a video where he's like, hey, so I keep doing these kinds of videos, and I kind of don't like doing it, and I've been doing it for, like, five years. And... Um, and, and so it's interesting to watch somebody who's kind of at that stage where he overnight, he was like, yeah, my first collaboration was with Lincoln Park because it blew up like and it was on the news and it was on the Ellen show and all this stuff like overnight he had this and then he had to watch his channel kind of dwindle and settle into a fan base. Right. And uh, and and just that need for a dopamine hit of like, okay. I you have to watch things go down for a while before yeah. you get to start going up again. Yeah, and I, I've been really, I mean, obviously, I was super blessed to make friends with the guys over at Blimey Cow, another channel that has to explain their name all the time. And uh, <laughs> But, like, that they shouted me out and, and promoted me and that I got to do the inner tube with Josh where then I kind of was able to maintain that fan base and stuff. 
And so I, I don't think I would have even kept making my videos if it wasn't for right. them and the encouragement and, and, and the promotion and the fans that came over from that. And the coolest thing was when I started getting, like, comments that were clearly not, like, the Blimey Cow regulars. You know, I was picking up my own uh, right. people and, and my own fans and stuff like that. And, you know, I've picked up people from um, Cinema Snob and all... <sighs> I, I'm just so th thinking. This is the thing that fr that frustrates me about making content right now sure. is that it seems like that is one of the only ways to to to, to get people who otherwise like would be interested in mm. in doing what like you're doing. Collaborations. Yeah, the 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 attention real estate market is so so cluttered. It's super there's, saturated. It's yeah. There's there's so so many people making content, and it's like uh, so what. Why? Why even do it? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, but, I mean, definitely my my God's not dead review is what has. I think the majority of my subscribers came from that, and yeah. um, and so like the boost from that was bigger than like any of those collaborations that I did. Did that make you start chasing virality though? Like trying to do the video, the next video that was going to have one of those big. It no, actually, it was kind of a relief because I'm like, well, there's always Christian movies coming out, so it gave me something that I could okay ride the coattails of that wasn't yeah. a collaboration that I could just all right. People are now sending me content to do. I don't have enough time. I don't have to think of video ideas. I just have to watch the movie and give my opinion, and that's all I need to do. Um, there are a few videos what that I've watched where like. I can tell that I was looking for a problem with the movie. Like there's a McGee and me, not my first McGee and me review, but there's the, the other one where I'm like, man, I am saying, I, I watched it just because I was looking for a clip. And I was like, man, I'm saying so much that I don't need to say <laughs> in this. <laughs> so I've unintentionally honed a skill, which is kind of reviewing movies and stuff. Um, but I, the cool thing is, because it's never been my primary source of income, I've never felt the pressure uh, right. to, like, well, I got to keep doing this. I keep doing yeah. it because I'm like, well, this is fun. And I actually, like, sometimes I'll try to shift into, you know, like I said, I I've done DC movies and stuff, which I enjoy. And that's what's yeah. weird is I have an opinion about these movies. But yeah. sometimes I'll get comments like, stay in your lane. And I'm like, well, <laughs> dude, it's my channel. I, I hate can... that comment. Yeah, leave me alone. Uh, I, I don't like that I'm at the subscriber count that I'm at. Uh, I'd, I'd love it to, to be bigger, you know. But then if I look and say, well, but you used to have like 300 people listening to your podcast. This is, you're lucky, Kevin. You're freaking lucky. And stop feeling bad you for have yourself. You have some freedom to do what you want yeah. to do, at least. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think, yes, there is a level of, like, chasing virality where, but to me, as somebody, like, for you, I can see that that would be difficult because you're like, man, I'm, I'm super talented, but yet I need to do these, like, mainstream things to get noticed. Where me, I'm not super talented, so I'm like, well, I just, I can pretend, you know? I can uh, I, do this th this mainstream thing, and that's all I've got. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the, the imposter syndrome really sets in when you when you like. Sometimes you feel like you have something to offer the world, mm -hmm. and then sometimes you like make your the thing you feel like is the best thing you've ever made, and nobody cares. Yeah, 
I think there is a, a level when it comes to artists like of strategy that you just have to you have to but that's not like that's just honing another skill. Like, okay, yeah. I really want to do the thing that I want to do. And here's something fun and creative that I can do with those things, those talents that I have. Like doing a parody song or doing a a, a cover song or that sort of yeah. thing. Sure. I I guess you can kind of find those middle grounds. I, I just I hate that there's such there's such a market for parody songs and for cover songs. And, and people have just kind of cashed it on like, okay, well, if, if I want to be a musician and I want people to pay attention to what I'm doing, I have yeah. to just do covers. Yeah, because like, there's bands like like uh, Cap Capital Lights or something that were an actual band and then they got virality <laughs> doing cover songs and they're like, well, this is what we do now. And now they shoot like whole full-fledged music videos doing covers of all these popular songs. And it's the problem. It's okay, disgusting. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's obviously very palatable. Like mm -hmm. suddenly, okay, suddenly you can actually be making a lot of money. Like the the, the problem with and, and the reason you see so many people selling out. I feel like is just because the and I mean, there's so many movies. There's that, money that cover in this selling out. Point. It turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the payoff for doing it is so much. And the and the punishment for not is also so much. Yeah, it's like if, if you want to be an art an artist, if you if you want to do anything artistic, and I I think the internet has sort of made this worse because now there's access to whatever. Like you know, if, if you're limited to like a city or a village or your tribe, or, oh, let's go back to the good old days of when we were <laughs> just one fire. Then what, if I was limited to one campfire. Exactly. See, if if I was living in the day where the the entire market was just my local, you know, my local campfire, your mom's, <laughs> my mom. See, if all I had to impress was my mom in order to be successful, yeah, I would you feel would so much feel better so about much my better. life. <laughs> why can't we go back to that? <laughs> That's but why no, everybody I mean, wants such a internet, nanny state. Like, Am I right? If you can make a song that everybody wants to buy, then it's not like everybody can buy it. And then, <laughs> yeah, I I would agree, but yet we live in a time when niche markets can flourish. Like you can actually tap into some stupid niche market, like Adventures yeah. in Odyssey fan <laughs> podcasts, and actually do okay. Like I, of course, I can say like, oh, I'm reviewing Christian movies, and like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not making a living. Yeah, but I'm trying to live a lifestyle of a married man with four animals, you know, with two dogs and two cats. And a wife, even. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, but, like, you she, know. She eats and eats a little bit too, needs some space. Yeah, she needs food, too, it turns out. <laughs> I, you, they don't tell you about that in college. <laughs> in Bible college. In anyways. Bible college. Yeah, but, like, I agree that it's like, man, I can't. But you're... I feel like there was this hump, speaking of marriage, uh, <laughs> of like, yeah, you could go viral with a, a video of your chipmunk looking at the camera. Great. But now people have realized, like, because there's demand, they've offered supply. And for the consumer, it's gotten better. Like, there's better things to watch. There's better viral videos than the crap that was coming out when YouTube first started. 
Like right. the cat videos. That's the joke, and it remains today. But in reality... Yeah. There's, there's way better cat videos now. Yeah, there's some good... That's what I was going to say. There's some great cat videos. Like, I'll even click on them, and I'm like... I'll spend an hour, and I'm like, this is so I honestly funny. do feel that way. The way like, they've I, set up I, I the will. saran wrap for these cats to try to get... This is hilarious. I love it. You're, you're right. Like, there's super highly produced cinematic cat videos out there, and that's the beauty of it. No, you can't just take your phone and film your cat and expect it to go viral. You actually have to up yours. <laughs> but that's yeah, but, better okay, for the consumer, but it is there's harder. There's this mysterious algorithm magical thing you need to pray to that maybe you're like cuz like no case. Okay, so knowing that, that there's there seems to be a market for the whatever most niche thing there is. Yeah. But there's this weird invisible wall where all of them are hiding behind. Like you, a cat you in front of them? saran wrap. <laughs> there's this saran wrap wall, <laughs> and I can't get. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, though, I I I don't feel that because I've always committed myself to not caring about the algorithm. And I landed in a spot where the algorithm cared about long-form content where most of your audience was watching till the end and then watching other, other videos of yours that that would reward you. And I didn't know that was going to happen. And I, I landed on that where, like you said, um, or like I said, one of us said that my channel has grown slowly. A lot of the people who watch my videos watch till the end. So the percentage of people who are watching my videos are watching from the beginning to the end or at least halfway through the videos. And I didn't do that to chase the algorithm. I did that because I like I just make the videos that I want to make. Right. And, and it so just happened to work out. It happened to work out with with some of my my reviews. Um and but also like I know the aspects of my channel that I'm not doing that I should be doing that probably would make my channel work. One of them is probably getting away from the niche of Christian movies. Uh, one of them is being more consistent, but it's hard for me because I have this desire to make my videos, spend too much time on them, and I, I really want to make them good. I don't want to just crap them out. Um, you know, but, but I make the videos that I make, and I have to kind of decide with myself is this, am I happy if I just crap them out? Or do I want to just, if I'm going to make this video, am I going to make it good? And You have to, like Disney told me, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah, you have to be follow your heart and true to yourself and, and mm -hmm. uh, be all you can be. <laughs> but, like, I, I, can, I can look at that and say, okay, I'm probably reviewing, um, I don't know, some random a youth group, the movie or whatever, isn't going to get me a lot of views. I probably would get more views if I hurried up and got my Snyder Cut review out. But I don't because I don't feel like it. And so I can kind of look at my channel and know what is it that I should be doing and can I put up with the stress? Like when I did my Wonder Woman review, for example, I wanted to make the review. I watched the movie and was disappointed. And I'm like, I really would like to review this. But every time I'd log into YouTube, I'd see everybody else, like Red Letter Media and, and Mr. Sunday Movies and Jeremy Johns and like all these other YouTubers who review, like all the big fish in this pond, 
getting their videos out. And I'm like, my video is not going to go viral because I didn't get it out fast enough. Uh, <laughs> and people are going to say, I already saw cinema, uh, Christian, or <laughs> what am I? Cinema snob or whoever. Like, I already saw a nostalgia critic say this stuff, you know? And so th that's like the, the, that's kind of the artist dilemma, I would say. Yeah. Where you're like, sure, I could probably the, the sell presumption out. in there though it seems to be the like what you're saying is that you're saying the same stuff you're not saying the exact same stuff because there, there's two elements in that equation there's the movie and there's kevin yes and and there's the obvious you have to have that faith that that, that yeah. you got something special <laughs> yeah no i mean you just got to get over that that you don't have something special <laughs> Because there's uh, there's only so much you can say that's wrong with the Wonder Woman movie. And some of it's super obvious. And if I don't point it out, if I don't say, hey, this is set in the 80s, but it doesn't utilize the 80s one bit. Like, I have to say that because it's obvious. And if I don't say it, people are going to say, you know, I watched Red Letter Media and they said this and you didn't say that. But then if I do say it, they're like, you know, I watched Red Letter Media and they already and they said already this. said that. <laughs> And it's like, you know, you can't win. And and part of that is not looking at your audience as some con conglomerate of, like, one unified voice. Like, one person's going to say one thing, another person's going to say another thing. And you can't let, like, opinions get to you, especially when you have a channel that's, like, literally you just giving your opinion. Yeah. And um, And I think in terms of, like, making music and stuff, you do what you do. I think there's there should be, like... 30% chasing the algorithm, looking at what other people are doing. If you get a little traction, sticking to that. Uh, I think that's something that I, to a, to, the thing that I think is maybe a fault of mine, but also is, is a benefit, is I have a tendency to stick to something for a very long time. And so like mm -hmm. the Ceiling Fan, the podcast that I mentioned for Adventures and Odyssey, I kept doing it for like five years. And at it wasn't until I started doing YouTube videos where, you know, I was able to do it on my own. Uh, I didn't feel like I was pressuring you and Lauren and all these other people to like, when's your lines coming in, you jerk? I hate you <laughs> as a friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. Um, I, I kept doing the ceiling fan longer than maybe I, I realized I had the, the stamina to do. And I, I was putting all this work. And I, I remember feeling like, man, if only this team that's making this could work towards something else that was more, like, viralable, you know? I, I was like, yeah. man, there's so much talent within the Ceiling Fan with Lauren and all his voices and all his drawings and you and your music talent and your humor and and Mark and, and his ability to do Phil voices. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 Mark's very talented music wise, and and if I'm missing anybody, you know, Chris Green was was involved later on, yeah. and and all these and all these talented guys working towards something that I felt was yeah. like my vision that wasn't that was wasn't very broad. Uh, yeah, that I was like, man, well, if we could just and put it was this a weird situation too for me. I like I remember several times having sort of awkward moments where I was like identifying with the show as it like, oh, this is something that I'm making. I guess I'm not really making it. I mean, this is Kevin's show. Is this my show? Is this Kevin's? Is this our show? Is this Kevin's show? 
It was our show. We were all, you know, but but there's a there, you know, there's an aspect of like um like like currently I'll sometimes hire video editors and stuff and, right. and I try to shout them out or like, you know, I pay them obviously now cuz I have money coming in. Uh but but like it's still their editing and in part of the training for that. Like I, I make training videos <laughs> for my editors because they have to learn to edit like me and and Right. Sometimes there's there's wiggle room there because it's like okay they're bringing something new to the table, um, but also can they wiggle? That's the important thing is the wiggling. <laughs> okay, this over here, if you open that door, that's wiggle the wiggle a little room. bit. There you go to the wiggle room. <laughs> Get your wiggles out. Uh, so yeah, making content's weird. Uh, I, I think as somebody who I have a tendency to work for other people, you know. Um, so my, my videos, so your question was, am I where I, w- I want to be <laughs> in yeah. life? At some point that was the question. Yeah. And I'm where I'm, here's, here's what it, here's the true answer. I'm further than I ever expected to be, but I'm nowhere near where I want to be. That's a good answer. Okay. I can just edit it out. All that yeah, all, cut all that crap about the ceiling fan and, and reviews in Wonder Woman. Just, and stuff. Th- there's the answer to the question. No, it is true that like I, I, my ambitions are far beyond what where I'm at. I, I wish that I had a million subscribers and that I could I could have yeah, that that's, that's wiggle good. room of like okay, I can experiment a little bit and right. I can go to the wiggle room well, and get I my noticed, wiggles out. I looking at uh, my wife showed me a new Harry Styles song. The other day, she's like, "You won't believe you. You won't guess who this is because it w- didn't sound, I guess, like stuff he's done before." Yeah, she's like, "It's Harry Styles," and I was like, "I, I wasn't actually that surprised because I, I listened to his first album that he put out after he became like his own thing, mm-hmm. and it was kind of just all over the place." Sure, it was like this song's like this genre, this song's that genre. Some this of the songs are pretty about, good. Like, Some of them were pillow talk, something like that. <laughs> this, <laughs> this song's about fruit. This song's about pillows. You know, I I can write of, about various a objects lot of around the things. house. What's squishy but around here? I, uh, this I one's about that's, boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that's that's so great. You got to do One Direction, and now you have all this fame that you can just play with, and you, you can live and off you can the just do Whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, it's like Justin Timberlake is one is super creative because he can be like he can do whatever he yeah. wants. And Harry Styles, I'm guessing, is he can do whoever he wants <laughs> until he gets canceled. <laughs> but he still I, gets I, those royalties. Can't take that away. Can't cancel those. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, another thing I was I wanted to get now I'm going to get you canceled. On. Oh, no. I keep I, on going on podcasts so that I can say something like that and get canceled, and nobody cancels me. Man, I have a friend who got canceled recently, and uh, really, it's a girl, and, and you know, it's just like, what are you doing, guys? People just you can't cancel girls. You can't cancel girls. They're girls. They don't know anything. <laughs> You're not allowed to hit. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to hit girls, man. Yeah, uh, but I was gonna ask, like, I mean, you were doing the, uh, you were doing who would build the roads? Oh yeah, yeah, for a while, Classic. and I loved that that podcast. That I was, loved it too. I, like. It made me, I mean, there was every, I feel like a lot of people probably had a similar response to me and then you just kind of heard the premise and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> there's some obvious problems there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Libertarian, uh, anarchy, that's that's not a good f- political yeah, go philosophy. To, go to uh, uh, 
whatever the place is, Somalia, huh? Why don't you just go there <laughs> if you want to live that life? Well, it was it was so fun though, just to actually dive in and tease out these questions and, and yeah. like, okay, it's not that simple of an answer. There's 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 more here. There's more you can more you can do with this question. I and then recently I was listening to I'm, you probably are a fan of this guy, Michael Malice. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a very interesting guy. To a listen great to too. internet troll. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like writing books on 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 basically anarchism. Yeah. And it's like that. That doesn't. E it seems like such an easy philosophy to just brush up. But th this is the reason I I decided to do this show is to try to go and and listen to people's ideas that sound crazy and, and understand why they're not crazy. And uh, and me calling Michael Malice a troll, I I say that with a loving, with he calls himself a troll, right? He, he one time I responded to somebody who had commented on his comment, and I was like, "So you must be new here," and he replied. Michael Malice replied and said, careful, because he will uh, block people for telling people that he's trolling. <laughs> because? Because he likes, he, I don't know. He's like, don't ruin it. It ruins the troll? That's all okay. he wants is to be a troll. Uh, but he's an <laughs> extremely intelligent person. He wrote um, yeah. the unauthorized autobiography of Kim Jong-un. <laughs> the unauthorized autobiography. <laughs> yeah. And his show's called You're Welcome. Yes. Spelt wrong. Spelt wrong. I love that. Uh, that's great. And uh, see, that's a guy who doesn't take himself seriously. Yes. And that's and that's why you're willing to listen to him. Exactly. It's like within two seconds of like he's he's so happy and so he's just joke, joke, joke. Mm -hmm. And it's like you, you don't feel threatened by him. Right. And so then you're willing to sit down and say, Okay, well, what do you have to say? Yep. And and he's an extremely intelligent person. And sometimes you don't know what he really believes. Uh he just wrote a, a book about like the far right or something. And he, I mean, because the Kim Jong-un, he actually went to North Korea. He yeah. interviewed Kim Jong-un. Uh, mm. The guy has, before he wrote the book and didn't tell anybody, <laughs> uh, the guy has been places. Um, I know he grew up, like, overseas. He's got a crazy life story. And the guy will, like, go deep undercover into things that, like, you wouldn't expect. And, and also still come out with, like, a very fair balanced, interesting perspective. And and I think what he did was dive into the world of like the far right and 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 what people um, you know, like the the capital riots and stuff like that, you know, he he knows about all those people and but he's not, you know, I mean, right wingers would think he was super left wing and left wingers will think he's super right wing. So, you know, what are you going to do? Well, we were just talking about cancel culture. Cancel culture. Uh, and Listening to back through a couple of your your talks with Josh about uh, about who would build the roads mm. and and who would uh, who would govern whether or not which we never answered people, and people are like well you never answered who would build the roads well the the show isn't over is it you just gotta oh it's done back in there is it done well see that I, I was wondering I always felt like who would build the roads the question was was the most obvious answer uh. And so we didn't. I thought need you to did answer it. it. I thought you'd even talked about. We'd it all just die of, of starvation because you would have like Walmart, and they're like, "We don't know how to get people to buy our product. There's no roads. There's no roads. It's not like companies like Amazon figure out ways to ship you the thing, your stupid thing that you ordered and wanted tomorrow. But <laughs> companies would figure out how to get you to their stores. I tr trust me. That's the answer. 
Actually, we would all starve to death. That's the answer. <laughs> it's difficult to tell what Kevin McCreary really believes sometimes. But <laughs> but but has so the show's been done for a little while. How yeah. drastically have your views have they continued to to develop? No. Where where no. are you at? <laughs> you just stopped like this is this is now I figured it out. <laughs> I think the thing about who would build the roads that's interesting. I think we did like twenty five episodes. I want to yep. say that was a nice round round number. Yeah, it's twenty five. It's it's, it's it's odd. It's an odd number, mm-hmm. uh, but you know what? It's uh, it's the it's such a prime. No, it's not. It's not a prime number. Uh, <laughs> I just did the math in my head. That's how fast I am. I feel like so much of what I believe, like core wise, foundationally is in those episodes that I, I really, I mean, we could have kept on going and answering questions. And, and I think we ended with something about net neutrality, which is very funny because uh, it's done. Like nobody cares about it anymore. Everybody's yeah. like, if we get rid of net neutrality, then we're going to have the worst internet ever. And, uh, and it's untrue. And in fact, a lot of the people who were on the right, who were upset, like that they were getting, that we needed the government to regulate net neutrality are now like, we need the government. wait, but Mark Zuckerberg is using his power. <laughs> They're censoring the conservatives. Uh, it, it's interesting to see that flip or see people. It's fascinating. I think that that's part. A lot of like my principles are in that that show. Uh, like I, I feel like I shared a lot of my core principles, which yeah. which are. Well, uh, so can, can I, you I, I give do me- believe in in free speech. Uh, I don't care yeah. what it is you're saying. I believe in in the freedom of speech, the freedom of a lot of the stuff that's kind of laid out in the Constitution, in the early parts of the Constitution. Um, it just John Locke, sort of the right to liberty uh, in the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of trade or the freedom of trade or, or the freedom of, of exchange uh, or association or whatever, like, all of those things are super important to me foundationally. And so when, it doesn't matter who it is getting canceled. Like, it's fine. People are allowed to cancel anybody. They're like, we hate mm-hmm. this person. I think it's my well, Christian upbringing that, that puts me on the side of, like, thinking cancel culture is silly because I grew yeah. up with boycott Disney, boycott Procter & Gamble, boycott yeah. uh, anybody who mentions the homosexuals. Like... And I know I always thought that was silly. I'm like, why are we boycotting businesses that we like? Like that. But why don't that's we just- the thing that I'm afraid of. And it's not okay. I, I, this isn't an argument for the U.S. government particularly, sure. but it's it, it's for like unless there are structures of authority all the way up to the very top, you run into situations. It seems like to me. That's why I just I want to understand what you're you know. Maybe maybe you've thought about this. Maybe you have a solution. But like, it seems like, and just to cancel clear, culture is a is a conser- uh, libertarianism is not a solution, and it's certainly not a road to utopia. It's just an to a degree an acknowledgement of to what I believe is kind of more of a reality. Like this is the way people are. Is it better to give those people lots of power, or is it better to keep everybody? only power over themselves. But go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so, so well, maybe we can start there because it, it that that core principle doesn't 
<laughs> doesn't make sense to me. How do okay, you sure. how do you keep everybody uh, everybody having only power over themselves? Like because is your are you limiting it to only one type of power, like uh, violent power or like governmental power, or what kind of power are you talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, I would say that it would it would require a society that sees those individual freedoms as valuable. So I, I think that any society that doesn't value freedom of speech, so whether it's a completely libertarian society or a completely, uh, you know, authoritarian society, any society that doesn't value free speech, for example, won't work. Like it won't allow freedom of speech. It'll only be certain people who have the right to talk or to say things, you know, things that the majority agree with or, or or the authoritarian agrees with. You know, if you have a king and you say something like, I hate the king, and then you're dead. Like, that's that's not a good, but that's what'll happen. So any society is going to be only as good as the values that exist within the society. I'm not talking about, like, religious values, but I'm just talking about, like, respect for others values, you know? So if you respect uh, freedom of speech, you have to like kind of expect that people you don't like and people you don't agree with will use that to do things you don't agree with. Um, yep. You know, so if you're, I value freedom of speech, some people are going to say Karl Marx was correct. I don't agree with Karl Marx, but I think they have the right to say it. And if somebody's like, you can't say that, you know, for example, uh, in a, a country that I lived in for a while, Argentina, there was a dictator and they disappeared uh, thousands of people who were Marxist. Uh, that's bad. <laughs> I, I, I'll go out on a limb on the risk of being canceled and say it's wrong to disappear people, to murder people, throw them in the ocean or whatever they did. But what's, what's the difference between that sort of disappearing and the sort of internet disappearing that mm -hmm, we're sure. doing now with that's like a great kind question. of mob ruling? I don't know. <laughs> like yeah it, uh i think the difference is the uh the accessibility and the violence so like if twitter had a military that it could utilize to kill and disappear people uh i would disagree with it i would say that's bad uh <laughs> like i feel like the internet is our our is a good place to kind of do some case studies of like what happens when there's not, you know, intermediary, le intermediary levels of government. Like there's, there's people at the very top and they're trying to, to manage this whole jumble of people. Yeah. And then everybody else is just either, I guess either they have a check. So there's three tiers, I guess there's, there's Mark Zuckerberg and then there's check Mark people. And then there's everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, and, I don't agree with Twitter, uh, like banning people, but I also, support Twitter's right to do so. But I think that unless we have a society that values freedom of speech, things like Twitter will just continue to be elevated. Uh, if we had a society that valued freedom of speech and, and people's rights, you would be able to have reasonable people who say, yeah, I think that what Trump said or what, uh, Trump's a bad example because he was a government official, but we could say like like Gina Carana or, uh, or the... Um, the director but, of like he, so I don't like he said, what they if said. If we had a society that valued freedom of speech, that would be great. Sure. I, I would love if we had a society of people 
that had better values and valued good things. I think Absolutely. it would be better if everybody was a good Christian and they all okay, yeah. valued the best things. But that's things. different. I, I think that valuing being a Christian and valuing uh, like individual rights or individual freedoms well, is different. I, I, because I'm making sort of a broad statement that just saying that like it's it's sort of you're you're wishing that people were better, not wishing like wishing right. that society. But you're not going right? to fix that through government, like no, because government is decided through those same people. Yeah. So those bad people who are like overtaking Twitter and mob canceling people are the same people voting. Yeah. So what are you going to do? So, here's my solution so and I have, a, me, I have a real solution to me I think educating people and not in a educate yourself you jackass <laughs> but like me educate sticking, men sticking by my principles and saying like because I, I know people who used to be libertarian and they're like I, I've I've given up on it because uh, it's impractical and I, I can see that I understand that but I, I don't know that uh, giving more power to individuals makes it better uh and so that's why i stick by what i believe which is that i believe that it's important for us to all value freedom of speech if we do so or or not just freedom of speech but people's lives people's liberty which is the right to do what you want without infringing on other people's rights which is not to be murdered and not to be hurt and and the right to own property. So you have the right to own the things that you own and, and nobody has the right to take those things. And I, I if you're a Christian, I think those are backed up through the 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 laws of of what you're asked not to do. But I think in reverse, it's what you have the right to have. So you have the right not to be stolen from, or you don't have the right to take from people what they own. And so within those values, uh, that's where I like I I stem from and I understand that the world doesn't hold those values they think it's okay if the government says it's okay or it's okay to like take from people or 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 I believe this thing and so we should make it law that that thing should be what everybody believes but it doesn't change anybody it just makes people afraid to say it out loud the thing okay so if there's not Sorry, I, I don't know how, how deep you want to dive no, into this can of worms. This is such a big go. can of worms. But I haven't I, I love gone it. into this for for a, a very long time, so I'm I'm happy to talk about it. Okay, well let's 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 eat some worms then. Let's eat those worms. And I know I nobody's listening worms. to this anyway, so here we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, okay, so if there's yeah. if there's no structures of of authority, then you run into the problem of virality. And okay. virality is is exciting when you've put out a YouTube video that suddenly, for some reason, everybody's watching. But it's not exciting when you come up with an idea like, hmm, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, I, I'm going to be be broad in general. Maybe okay. some particular race is the problem. Mm. Maybe it's their fault that everything is wrong with the world and. That seems like a really palatable idea for a lot of people. And suddenly that idea, it goes around real, real quick because there's a lot of... Uh, you talking about... Uh, of... Never mind. I'm not going to make the joke because it's, <laughs> too, it's too soon. Go ahead. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about the, the John Cleese video that you, you tweeted today. Yeah. Which I, the extremist. It's, it's great. 
Yeah. It's, there's, there's so much bang for your buck in being an extremist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. There's it a lot of benefits. It feels really being, good. It feels really good. And yeah. you get enemies. And enemies are great because then you can blame everything on mm-hmm. them. And when, especially if, if that group that you want to blame everything on doesn't have a lot of means of fighting back, it becomes really useful to just blame everything on them. And yeah. then we could just, maybe we could just throw them all in like some little spaces and have them do work and maybe eventually we could just kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I the mean, Jews. It's, it's such an unreasonable perspective. But you're right. It's I unreasonable. Mean, it's, but it's extremely palatable. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that if, but, the, if, but, if I didn't have somebody who I sort of respected in my life above me, so, so somebody who had at least uh, ideological influence, somebody who had power over my beliefs and what I should be spending my time doing and yeah. listening to and thinking, if I didn't have somebody to look up to and, and uh, that had influence over me— And that's me, Justin Trudeau for you? No, no. what you're so, saying? So I, I'm not trying to, to jump quite that far down okay. <laughs> He's, he's the guy who has influenced me in more ways if than I one. If I didn't have Justin he Trudeau, he would never tell say me something that. or do something that would that would be against a particular race. I so I, I he would I'm never for the be in blackface of... on accident. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, if if I have somebody, so I mean, I, I guess this is just down arguing for like authority structures in like yeah. uh, maybe a religious community. Sure. And it's like, okay. I'm all for it. That, but so why, why does that work for you? Because but they don't have armies. Just, it's just about they don't guns, have specifically? guns. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. It's about their ability to infringe. Uh, if you don't have the right to leave, um, so like if your church wouldn't let you leave, that would be bad. Right. Uh, or if your church, so like it's one thing, I, I'm, I'm even for neighborhood, like, homeowners associations. So like you you make a contract and you agree when you buy the house, I also agree to be a part of this homeowners association or this neighborhood watch group. Uh I think that's 100% fine. But if it's and and that you have to pay and if you don't then I don't even know what happens if you don't pay your homeowners association. I've never tried. I don't want them. I guess they call the police. Um but that that's the very thing, isn't it? Like uh, it's the it's the violent aspect, I would say, to it that that if if Twitter wants to say we don't let these people on our platform, we don't like that this person's here. Great, there are other platforms. I get that they don't have the audience, but that's a completely different issue of like the value. Well, I mean, when it when it comes to Twitter and Facebook, I actually would bring the argument over there and say I don't like the way they're running at this point. I'd rather there be uh, I'd rather there be more government there. I'd rather there be a branching government that makes its way all the way down, which is, I mean, like a more I, government I, I, involved with Twitter and Facebook and stuff. No, I mean, I'd rather there be a more government-like system in Twitter. Ah, as far as the way the, that it's run. So, I, I, in the sense that I, I, I would, and there's sort. I mean, not with Twitter, I guess. I, in Facebook, I, I, I like that there's groups. Groups are cool. Mm-hmm. I like that you can have smaller closed systems that have systems of authority within them, and then those. Those authority, those systems can be accountable to a higher authority, and that authority can be accountable to a higher. Like, I, I like that system of of nested little systems that that all have yeah, like accountability states. to each other. Yeah, as the thing is, I, I like that that concept. I just feel like there's if you get too big of a power differential between one uh, system of power and and the, and the system below it, that's when you run into trouble. Well, and it's not I would about say like my power. compromise 
to all of this, if I if I'm not being like super combative and talking to some Marxist on the internet, you know, it, nothing makes me more like anarcho-capitalist than uh, you know having an argument on the internet with somebody who disagrees with me. <laughs> Uh, but if if I were to like be reasonable, I would say that I, I think that's smaller. Like I think the state's system, you know, uh, uh, whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> what is it? Um, federalism. That's the word I'm thinking of. Uh, in okay. the United States, where we we had, I, I think nothing has been more clear than looking at having the ability to look at how different states have reacted, for example, to COVID, and then looking at. The results of that, you know, you have this yeah. kind of like these tests, kind of uh, Greek city-states-esque, uh, you know. So we're trying this and the ability to freely move from one to the other. And so you have people leaving California because they're like, we don't like the way this is being ran. We're going to Florida. Or people leaving Florida and saying we'd rather not have this like insane anti-lockdown governor and we're going to go to California I don't know anybody who's done that, but I'm guessing if you want to, you can, um, you know, and, and obviously I personally don't like that the government's interfering with private businesses. Uh, you know, my crazy libertarian perspective <laughs> is that, uh, there people, movie theater shut down before it was mandated. People were wearing masks before it was required. Like, like there are things that like businesses, you know, if a business is like, we don't, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. Like I, I a hundred percent support the right for any business to do that kind of thing and to promote yeah. it, to put it in their commercials, to say, Hey, yeah. we don't allow people without masks to come into our stores. So if you don't want to get coronavirus, <laughs> come over to our store. You know, like, I think that that's important. And if a company wants to say, we don't allow people with masks to come into our stores. So if you want coronavirus, come on over to our stores. Like, I I think that that's, sure. Just get Corona beers. Get, get, we got Corona beers and coronavirus. Like, to me personally, in my opinion, I think those sorts of like, it's so much cheaper to have those sorts of testing grounds than to have the government trying to run all these studies and tests on a federal level and then make some sort of rule. And I always think of like snow shovels, for example, if, if in the United States, cause it's so big and it's so vast in terms of like, it's just kind of the, uh, the way the, um, weather is in different parts of the country. If there was some law, like a bunch of people in Florida were made, were killing people with snow shovels and they're like, fine, we're making snow shovels illegal. It would kind of make sense that they would make snow shovels illegal in right. in Florida. But there there needs to be there needs to be subsistence. There need to be states. There need right. To be so like, but that would be really bad for people, and people could die and slip on their driveway if they didn't have snow right. shovels in Michigan, New York, and all these different places. So like having those where it's like, okay, here's somebody who's actually he has to face or she or she or whatever uh, has to actually or face they. their constituents. Um, and, and is actually there on the ground, boots on the ground. Uh, I would much prefer that. Or when it comes to security for your neighborhood or, yeah. or whatever, like I, I, I prefer more localized government if I'm going to compromise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I really agree. I, I agree that there needs to be, I think if you're going to be making decisions about people that aren't yourself, you need to care about them. Mm -hmm. And you have to be one that, of them potentially. Right. And so it's like, 
I, I could see, okay, this, this is a pretty abstract, maybe it's a silly idea, but, oh, oh boy. Here we go. Um, I discovered this thing called the Fibonacci sequence, okay. and my super, uh, super silly, artistic-y, abstract mind thought, hey, that's, that's how everything should work. Because uh, <laughs> what it is is this pattern that uh, that appears in nature all the time. Okay, it's the, the it's a number sequence, and it goes one, one, two, three, five, eight, uh, thirteen, twenty one, thirty four, something like that. The, the idea is basically every level that goes up, it adds the previous two numbers oh. together. And it's so it shows up in nature in things like pine combs and various different sort of fra fractal structures. Mm -hmm. And my intuition is, and all it is at this point is intuition. I don't really know how I could test this or study this, but it seems that like nature's figure out this way of of interdependent stacking systems of dependence. Uh, I think I just said dependent twice. Okay, but yeah, fractal systems of dependence, where in, in order to have structural integrity in in something, a tree, a pine cone, whatever, of you need to uh, have honeycomb. Uh, I don't know if it's true of honeycombs. Oh. Maybe it is. <laughs> honeycombs are are like built out of um, whatever eight is it eight or six? Anyway, the way they're built are are like the 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 perfect structural. Right. Yeah. 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 System. Well, I mean, this is this is a, this is a case of the same sort of thing where it's like this this pattern has appeared in a whole bunch of different different scenarios in nature that are sort of seemingly unrelated, but it just be it seems to be the most effective way of stacking um, systems that want to ex expand in numbers of things. So I mean, with a tree, yeah. it's like the the tree doesn't it's not a very good strategy for the tree if it wants to get the most sun rays possible to just be one stick that continues to stack up and go in the same direction and doesn't ever spread out but also it doesn't have as much access to as much potential sunlight if it just stays on the ground it just spreads out mm. so th there's this there's this back and forth of like multiplicity and and unification uh, I'm, I'm taking. I, I haven't this tried to, like to explain this. Sounds like pseudo idea intellectual <laughs> bullcrap. Uh. <laughs> this is pseudo intellectual bullcrap, and that's 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 what I'm saying. It's just it's just an intuitive thought, but it's just like it really. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. It just it makes sense to me that you have to have if you want to have systems that 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 spread out, but are also rooted in something stable. You have to make sure that you don't spread out too fast. You don't just go from one. To 900. Oh, like my YouTube channel. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> but it's, okay, I mean, like the tree branching thing. It's like it goes, yeah. you, you got one stump, and then it spreads out into two or three, and then it's then it's five, and then it's 13, hmm. and then it's, right? It, that that's that image is kind of what comes to mind when I think about a, a stable or a functional government structure. It's like you need to have systems of authority in place. Okay. You need to have people gathering under somebody in charge of them. Be, it just it ends up being useful to do that. I guess it's just like sure, but that that I think should be voluntary. That's all I. Yeah. That's all I say. I think that it's important. At a certain point, though, you, I think people lose. need to have the the ability to fail, uh, the right to fail, the freedom to fail, and like for example, I always say like I I'm a very like liberal person who lives a very conservative lifestyle. 
because I think that it's, I highly recommend it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm married. As I've said a million times, I have four animals. They're great animals. They're wonderful animals. They're times. wonderful. Uh, but I, I don't think everybody should live that way. But the reason I recommend it is because I, I find that it's very um, conducive to a positive lifestyle. Carmen and I just, we both work. Financially, it's, it's beneficial. Um, we, we ha I have a helpmate, you might say, in my wife. And uh, I don't have kids, but I imagine it would be fun, you know? And, uh, but maybe I won't ever have kids, but like everybody's different. And I, I think that the danger you have with kind of higher realms of authority and spread out into aspects of your life is uh, people deciding those sorts of things, not necessarily how many kids you have, but also how many kids you have. I mean, we, that's yeah. happened with governments. Uh, you know, what you choose to do. Uh, I think that the there are incentives to not do certain things. You know, you, you look at like insurance Encur encourages you not to smoke because it's just not cost effective for them to, it's not as cost effective for them to insure somebody with yeah. who smokes. Now, I'm not saying that that's insurance is the best uh, thing for society. I don't know what is. Um, and, and I think nobody does, but I think people know better about People should have the freedom to find those things that work for them. And the more we can do that, the more I think we'll discover things that are better for each person. And I just think it would danger, also be those people to have the benefit of ha of letting of having somebody to rely on to help uh, make group decisions. Yeah, that's called dad. Exactly. <laughs> it is called dad. But I, then but that's the person what I'm saying. above like, dad is like, the, I just think you should only be in charge of the number of people that you can care about. And then maybe you need to have a, a branch of structure of authority above that. But, but then they should only be to, in charge. But why should they be in charge of anybody? Hmm? Because maybe they're competent at, at being in charge. But that, like, should, that is a skill set. Like, for example, I think that, that uh, I have... But those are people that you pay to be in charge of those certain aspects of your life. Like my internet or my uh, Well, like okay, Netflix so then you run into or, this problem of, of like... So I know plenty of people who, when they want to, they've wanted to like find therapy or counseling. Okay. Yeah. And at this point, we have so much access to just who you can find whoever you want. You 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 got the internet, so you can you can find whoever you want to tell you what you want to hear. Okay. But the thing is that you don't necessarily know what's best for you. You don't know what's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> but that. So do you think you don't know, Garrett? Yeah. I think I don't know what I want. Okay. I think and you, I struggle who, to figure gonna out. Who's going to be able to fix that for you? Well, I, I mean, within the Christian tradition, I, I feel like we we have those structures of, okay, I, I have somebody tell me what I, I don't really know what I want to do in life. I think I know what I want to mm -hmm. do, but then I have a pastor who tells me what I really want to do. Mm. In some senses, right? Sure. It's like I have somebody t to tell me, okay, this is actually better. and he And he spends his life... Like, he spends his whole life studying the lot. I mean, ideally, he spends his whole life studying how to be better at, at giving Yeah, hopefully he's not spending his life raping children. <laughs> That's the hope with yeah. a pastor. That's the hope. But you don't know. I, I mean, hope you, he didn't do that. You, you, that's the, the thing, though. If I was so going I want to have a church, close enough connection to my pastor that I could know if he's Well, hopefully you do know. And, and then you make right. the decision as an individual to put yourself underneath a pastor, not physically— 
that will not put you under him physically. But hey, if I made the decision, that would be consensual. Yeah, as an adult, sure. If that's what you want to do. <laughs> and that and that is true. Like if 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 you made the decision as a, a consenting adult, <laughs> that is uh, I, I think it's manipulative and me, this is why I review Christian movies, not to stop molestation, but because uh, you know, if I look at a movie and I'm like, this is stupid. Like everybody's saying that this is good, but really is promoting something that is like counter to Christianity from my perspective. Um, then I think that's important. You know, not saying that my reviews are important. They're just dumb YouTube videos, but I'm still going to say it. I'm going to say, look, this God's not dead movie is promoting anger and is inflaming the culture war, in my opinion. So I just have this, this intuition. Maybe it's not true. I, I feel I, I, it's based on my experience. I feel like, uh, negative or mocking or, or, Bad stuff is more viral than viral than good stuff, and I think you see that with sugar. I think you see that with porn, and I think you see that with with cancel culture. I think it's just it's it's fun to make fun of people. I think racism, all, all these things. It's like they're they're viral. They spread quickly because they're expedient. They're fun. You it get feels a lot like you of benefit have some for power, right? And it's like you're a part they, of something. So I I really am a big fan of okay at least on on an individual level setting boundaries but then above sure. that so sometimes i want to have somebody above me help i want to offload some of the responsibility for that and maybe they want to i don't know you see where but, i'm going but i this. think that that's fantastic to want that um but mm -hmm. i don't think everybody does yeah and i think it's crap that not everybody does and, th and they should want that is that good like will you make them want that authoritatively I don't know. I, I don't see a better better solution to the problem of viral things spreading quickly. I mean, COVID is is another prime example of okay. Uh, <laughs> I think once everybody's how, been canceled, uh, <laughs> but nobody is. That's, we're never going to get there. Yeah, because there's always going to be more people. But that's because people don't care. Like people don't value that. People don't value what. Freedom of thought. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think people we're going to get value, there by limiting like, people's thoughts. I I kind of value having uh, not dying of cancer, but I still eat a lot of unhealthy foods, and okay. I kind of would like somebody to tell me not to do that, or I kind of would like to not. I don't know. That's fine if you I, if you believe that. I don't. I totally disagree. I think you have the right. You should have the right to kill yourself with cancer. If that's really what you are inclined to do, or choke I on a feel kinder, like everybody has the inclination <laughs> the to do a lot egg. of negative things to themselves, and yeah, they do. Having having people, especially people that care about them, that they've offloaded some of the responsibility of taking care of them. Yes, but you're not going to elect somebody who cares about you. What you ideally, what, what is I would good like, is to have so, support systems in your life to be around people who do care about you. I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. But not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody likes having people around them who care about them. And so they'll abandon that. Do does it help to support that mentality? To protect people from abandoning their support systems. 
does it, does it help to, to prevent people yeah, from abandoning? No, it, does it help to protect people, to save people from, to create a, a social safety net from people who have abandoned their support systems, like their family or their church or uh, to these some, sorts I, I of think local to some things. Extent, because if you start... Because to me, I think it incentivizes it. Like if it's, if you incentivize people to abandon their, their personal support systems by giving them national or federal or governmental support systems, it has the potential of, uh, well, this is, I, I don't want them to replace them. I just want there to be a, a, a stacking. I want there to be that, again, that fractal thing. Yeah. But everybody's like, everything's different. Everybody thinks differently. <laughs> Unless <laughs> right. you're so asking I, I think for that, people to all well, think the if, same. If you get no, no, no. I'm not, that's the thing. Is I'm not saying that. All I'm just saying I that want there are is some, for when people think differently than me, for them to not have, for them to only have as much power as I have. I just want equality. You just don't. <laughs> but as soon as, okay, as soon as you have a free market, you get virality and virality leads to radical inequality. But it due, also due to provides niche markets. So, so like if the government doesn't fund a particular crazy niche thing in a free market, you can still buy that thing. And sometimes that means stupid people buy stupid things. But it also means that you, who believes maybe in Jesus, for example, and maybe that's not the most popular thing, it doesn't depend on government funding in order to stay alive. But you can have your little area of Adventures and Odyssey fan podcasts or something, you know? And so, like, I, I feel like a lot of extremists will bring up, like, it's, and to me, I feel like a, a lot of people will bring up, like, look at, can you believe these SJWs are saying this, but they're like a niche group? Or can you believe these Christians are are boycotting this? And to me, I'm like, it's stupid, and people should have the right to call it stupid, and also they should have the right to do it. Yeah. And and hope and pray that eventually people will stop being so stupid. But they may not be. But how in the world are you going to get, just from what I've seen, typically, once you have that like ultimate authority, it's the stupid people who put that person in power. And now... You've not only created like this ultimate authority, uh, but you've created it, and now it's in ch the people who were like being dumb have now put Trump in charge, <laughs> <laughs> or Biden, or whoever, whoever you think is stupid. That's the person they put in charge. <laughs> I see what you're saying, but I, I, I just think that unfortunately, it has to be voluntary. Like, if somebody wants to leave the church and say, you know what, I'm done with you people, they get everything that goes with it, which is abandoning that belief and finding out what the world is like. I, like, I just, I look at the family as a functional microcosm of sure. the way things seem to work. It's like, it's not that voluntary when, it, You're it's right. like the varying degrees of how voluntary it is to still be part of a family. Sure, but you can abandon your family but it you won't get to eat. Right, exactly. And it's like you can abandon your country, but now you live in the sea and you drown. 
Right, but your family isn't saying... <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I see what you're saying. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a communist now. <laughs> but it's true that, like, the idea of communism does work locally. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not, like, a, a, a authoritarian capitalist or something like that. I... <laughs> I think that I, I think there needs, and I'm not a moderate either. I think that we need all of the extremists and all the centrists. We just need them all to work together. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because, like, to a degree, I'm an extremist because if I take the political compass test, I end up on the far right bottom. Because yeah. uh, I'm on the butt of the far right, at the rear end, the butthole of the far right. Um. <laughs> But I'm I I don't agree with most far right people. I, I think I'm somewhere yeah. in the middle, especially when I'm being reasonable and not in an argument. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that I think these days lands me on the far right, where I'm like, you know, maybe we shouldn't like blow out the national debt. You racist Nazi, you Kevin. <laughs> and but I didn't like Trump for doing that. I don't like bombing the Middle East. Uh, these, I, I don't like net neutrality. So these are I just I don't even things. remember what that is. See? Because people, it's that viral aspect where it's just like, this is something we really care about this week, you right. know? But I don't think that's going to go away. I don't think like the 24-hour news cycle is going to go away without, I, I don't think I we're going to legislate it does it away. a little bit. I don't, yeah, I, I, I well, I, th I think it would be a form of legislation. It's just I'm, I'm looking at this as more of an abstract concept, not of, like, the U.S. government legislating it, but, like, un unless they legislate that you can't be a, uh, uh, an Internet company without having, a s you know, hierarchical systems of authority that branch all the way down. Because mm -hmm. I, I think w when it comes to Facebook and Twitter, I, I think, I hope that we see through the, the bad things about this dynamic soon because those spaces... I mean, it seems like a lot of people are coming to the conclusion that, like, I can't, I can't handle being on Facebook. I can't handle being mm -hmm. on Twitter. I need to go sure. take a fast from it. I Dude, I, 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 you know, that video I shared is because I was on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is just, like, everybody's so extreme. And I have to remind myself, you know what, though, these people are just feeling good. They're getting the dopamine from... Yeah being outraged about something. And, and and the reason I even brought up like the old school Christians is because that's what they used to have. They had Dr. Exactly. Dobson yeah. and and these like people yeah. who would get angry about uh about the gays and stuff and and uh, what's funny is so I support the idea of boycotting but I never agree with the people who do it. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that should tell you something about boycotting, Kevin. But but that's the thing. Like, what what's the alternative? Like, government like approved. Like, okay, who are they going to approve? They're going to approve Facebook. Like, only Facebook is allowed around anymore. I don't see how that makes it better. I, you know, yeah. I look at the I, COVID I, lockdowns, and the only places who are getting in trouble for lo for not locking down are small businesses. Yet Walmart has stayed open the whole time. McDonald's has stayed open the whole time. Like these major yep. corporations are get to stay open. When it, you know, people, yeah, this very, is an argument that people with have with, with, <laughs> handled. 
This is an argument people have with, because this is kind of part of the, the zeitgeist right now is the minimum wage, is that, well, yep. we, we need to raise the minimum wage. But yet all these major corporations are in support of raising it. And I, yep. I know small business owners who pay people a little less than what they want, a little less than $15 an hour here in the United mm -hmm. States. Those are the people who like are going to like McDonald's supports it. Walmart supports raising the minimum wage because they're going to they're not going to start doing fine. paying people more. Until they're just going to they're just going to buy more computers to replace people. <laughs> right. And a lot of their competition goes away because of that. And, right. I, and I understand that that's like kind of a controversial that may not necessarily be true. I haven't done all the math on that, but it is telling when major corporations are the ones in favor of a lot of these like government legislation and a lot of legislation i'm not talking about what you're saying in terms of the concept of uh you know parents are in charge Lay layers of authority yeah i, I, I get what you're saying. saying uh i mean that's like the the um the uh uh common sense pamphlet books that i think we talked about a little bit on who would build the roads um yeah. thomas Paine's uh pamphlets kind of goes through that like layers of authority um but in practice what we see and this is what like bernie sanders supporters often argue about is these corporations in bed with the government crony capitalism we have like right. the lobbyists for these huge companies writing the legislation and handing it off to the the you know, and this is in the United States, I know, and you're you're in Canada where it's it's utopia, but yeah, it's, uh, it's utopia. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, everybody drinks has it, it all. Everybody has out. utopia for he breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Communist uh, <laughs> dictators. He loves them, uh, but like the um, the you guys are just sipping down your uh, syrup, your maple <laughs> syrup, and playing hockey. It's great there, yep. but. These legislators not even reading it and then passing these bills that benefit, uh, you know, benefit these huge corporations. And legislation, more legislation written by those same people isn't going to fix anything. Uh, and so that maybe that's me. Maybe that's why I tend to lean that way where I'm like, let's get rid of the power that these people have and let's look yeah. at you know, my solution would be more let's let's divide up the power a little bit more because right mm -hmm. now the differential between the people at the top and the people at sure. the middle is way too far, and we're making they're making decisions that that clearly are not based on uh, on any understanding of the boots on the ground version mm -hmm. of the problem. And that would be my compromise with any like <laughs> Bernie Sanders far leftist would be where you land, you moderate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would be, okay, I get it that we can't have full anarcho-capitalism. The argument is, well, Apple's just going to have a military then, and they'll become government. Um, you know, obviously my argument is I would be just a, as anti-Apple doing that as I am currently the U.S. government doing that. It's just on the flip side, everybody's cool with the U.S. government doing it and would freak out if Apple did it. So... Let's have a little consistency here is my <laughs> crazy anarcho-capitalist perspective. But my compromise is, yes, let's have that authority uh, more localized. Uh, let's have maybe, you know, let's not shame governors for making decisions that are, go against the, the, uh, the 
whatever the 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 federal government is saying. Let's allow mm-hmm. for states to make those decisions and allow a lot of freedom for people to leave those states when they make bad decisions. Um, you know, because the, the problem is in the United States, that's kind of like that ends up being going back to the Civil War where they're like, well, look, there was a lot of states rights activists who were racist. And and even in, in later than that. And um, and that's sad. It's too bad. But there was also federal laws that were racist that in, that enforced that. If we can allow that freedom for, of people to move and get away from the bad people, I think that's uh, that's better for everyone. I, th- I think I agree. Right, because that's the thing you want. I'm compromising here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm willing to agree with you, Kevin, as long as you agree with me. Well, and that's the thing, like finding that. I I think it is important for us to all find those, like you were saying about all those extremists learning to work together. Yeah. yeah. As, well, an, I, as me, an extremist my myself, I, I would say, mind. Like, let's move towards this middle ground of, yeah, we don't want a dictator, a king, saying, nobody's allowed to say that men and women are men and women from the top. Let's right. allow for I'd, people— I'd rather somebody near the bottom say that, and they can try that out in their own little branch of this right. big tree of government, and then we can actually try out diverse ideas. We can actually have diversity Absolutely. if we have a, a fractal structure of, of authority and of systems, yeah. because then— and yeah. sure, you might end up with little pockets of terrible people, but we already have. We just right now we, we have huge already pockets of have, terrible people. Exactly, <laughs> I agree. And they're all the same kind of terrible. I'd rather at least have some diversity. And you of have terribleness. that pressure of people to pick a side, at least in the United right. States, where you, it's like, yeah, here's terrible people, and then here's kind of like middle of the road people who are kind of like you know fiscally conservative and they're like i guess i'm gonna vote for trump because i'm not i loved how the common enemy of both extremists is the moderate the moderate (laughs) in the chinese it's true like and so you get these middle of the road people who are like i'm not a racist i don't want to close off i don't want no immigration i don't want you know like these people who are but now i have to choose between a socialist and an insane person I don't know what to do, you know, like, but, but I think what you're saying, having those pockets of like, let's try this for one, those people end up getting like feedback where it's like, you know, Mr. Governor, we don't like how Mm -hmm. racist you're being. And that actually matters because it's like, well, we only have like 2000 people voting for me. Yeah. I'm and if gonna, a thousand of them say this is a dumb idea, then then it matters. Then it actually usually matters. Usually, in, in the scope of the United States, if a thousand people care about something it that matter. they're experiencing, and they have a legitimate, you know, they have reason to have a legitimate opinion because they're actually experiencing the problem. They're actually when being they disenfranchised. Vote. Right. Right. <laughs> that, but they they have no influence on on that level. Absolutely, and that sucks. I agree, and I bet if I talk to you longer, I could get you to be a full blown. Uh, <laughs> anarcho-capitalist like me because to me the greatest form of of uh, of of what is it called a democracy is capitalism just kind of this ability to you don't have to pay your taxes to anybody you don't have to purchase anything unless you agree to it but I won't go that far because I understand that that's an extreme view that's a crazy Michael Malice perspective and uh, I'm and I understand. So what happy you're that you have that view, though, because I don't want to. I I'm not. It's it's not even a matter of I'm so 
against that view. It's that I'm not as interested in that view. And I like that we can be interested in different views and investigate different ideas and think mm. about different stuff because then we can have interesting conversations and then you can actually, you dug deep enough in those minds of libertarian philosophy to pull something out that's really valuable that I would not have gotten to. Yeah. And I think part of that is just recognizing everybody is an individual and uh, we all like, we all have different life experiences, which is something that I feel like people on the left like to say, uh, you know, that we, we all have different lived experiences. Um, but actually yeah. realizing why, why do pe people aren't evil because they, they think a thing that's different than you think. Maybe they actually have some Maybe reason. Maybe they're evil for some other reason. They're, well, they're all evil. <laughs> Everybody's a terrible person. And that's why it's important not to give them power. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Or minimize their power. Yeah. Okay. Well, absolute power. I think we saw that we just absolutely. get rid of all. Exactly. So we'll get rid of all the absolute power mm -hmm. and get rid of all the power in general. And we'll force and then... everybody to be a Christian. <laughs> That'll fix everything. You know, because Jesus was like, look, if you come to me, it better be by force. <laughs> the only one who's forcing someone to become a Christian is the Holy Spirit because I'm a Calvinist. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to go to your little. <laughs> If you don't want absolute authority, then uh, no, I'm kind of news. Look, here's here's the thing. This is why people are confused about my politics and my religious perspectives. I think God is a hundred percent, completely, in control of everything, but He did not give us that perspective, and so we are. And and I think there's a reason for that. We're supposed to live as if though we have free will, and. None of this will matter in heaven. None of these political opinions matter in heaven because God's going to be in charge and somehow he'll reconcile and make it all work. And I don't know how that but if, happens. Isn't he already in charge? Yeah. But he didn't give us the perspective or the understanding or the brain capacity to understand how we can have the perspective of free will and also him be completely in control. But I think it's important to recognize that he is because he is God. But... We shouldn't. I think it is important to recognize that he is too. Yeah. But we, we should also, that doesn't, it's like playing a board game, you know? And uh, you know that you're playing a board game. And if somebody's there playing the game and is like, this is just a game, none of this matters in real life. Sure, yes, I get it. But we've all agreed to play by the rules. So play by the rules. Uh, stop ruining it for everyone. Well, I, I think the same argument is like, uh, why does it matter if I murder anybody? Because we're all just we're all just atoms and molecules, anyways. There's like, <laughs> it's we're not really like life doesn't mean anything. Yeah, we're all in the end. We're all the universe is going to end. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, no, we're doing this right now. Yeah, Stop this being is a the jerk. game we're playing right now. Yeah. Stop being a jerk. You know you don't want to be murdered, and if you do, go. Stop, stop what jerking those do. soda fountains. Yeah, stop jerk. being jerking, you, you freaking soda jerk. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. Yes, Let's this do this every week. Let's just start a podcast. Okay. <laughs> I want to start a... I've already started like five podcasts with all my friends. Yep. What's another one? Let's, okay, one sure. for every you know, day of the week. It. One for every day of the week. Perfect. You and your okay, crazy well, Justin. Thank you. Justin. I'm not drunk. I'm I have braces and I'm I struggle saying things. That's the only problem here.
I wish I had that excuse. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. You're Justin well, Trudeau okay. worshiping uh, Canadianism. It is interesting to talk to Canadians, not you. You're not, not me. I'm not interesting. <laughs> because there is a, it is a completely, there is a different perspective there. Um, and, and Americans are like, we do have built into us this like gun toting first amendment, second amendment, uh, perspective that talking to a Canadian, he's like, yeah, but like, what if you, we, shouldn't we help people? Like, shouldn't we say we're sorry <laughs> when we bump into someone? <laughs> yep. Um, you know, we do have a, a cowboy esque perspective in America. And I hope it and doesn't go away. I hope it doesn't go away either. I, it's honestly, it's, it's, again, I, I feel like looking, being a Canadian and identifying with Canada, looking over at America, I'm like, it's like, it's like this, you know, really almost arrogant, super cool, super, uh, like assertive big brother figure. And it's like, that's my big brother. And I'm glad I'm not him, but I'm glad he's around. He, he's there. He's keeping he's everybody there. on their toes. <laughs> bomb in the Middle East for us. <laughs> Look, that wasn't me. All right. I may have paid my taxes for it to happen, but uh, I didn't do it. You're complicit, man. I yeah, know. that's why I'm happy to be a Canadian. I'm proud to be a Canadian because we don't have any military. Yeah, you're just. Uh, we can't even. We don't have guns. You're just letting old people die in the waiting room. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, how do you. Uh, how gonna, do you you still have some some shootings over there without guns. I don't get it. How did it oh. happen? I mean, uh, yeah, there was a pretty crazy. Okay, well, let's talk about that in a second. I'm going <laughs> to say that this, this is next week. Next week <laughs> on the some maple loving Canadian and some crazy gun toting American. That's a catchy name. Yeah, we got. It. <laughs> okay, I hope everybody listens to this and they hate me for it. <laughs> yep, me too. I already hate you. Yeah, so. good. Well, that was interesting. If you enjoyed this conversation, consider sharing it with someone else you think might find it interesting. Even better, try to find someone you think might disagree with something here and take some time to listen to their perspective. Try to have a meaningful, good-faith conversation. Practice listening deeply and patiently and speaking clearly and precisely. I think if we can get better at this, we might actually change the world. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. 